Well, she's a mind, body and coach from South Africa with an active coaching practice in Johannesburg. And believe it or not, she's got clients as far as New York, London and Germany. Professional business clients in the process of going through chains on a quest for authenticity, being influenced through one-on-one sessions, business presentations to integrate on emotional, intellectual, as well as energetic levels. Adele also writes for conventional and social media to create awareness about creative self-inquiry. That is what you'll find on her website. That's what you will find on the social media, on her Facebook. Adele Green, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's nice to be here. So, we've, we see all of this, but I mean, who is Adele Green really? The one that don't fit in the box. <laughs> you don't fit in a box. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? My life story has been all over the place. So, I've done a little bit of everything. It's um, very little structure and a lot of heart. Okay, so you don't believe in structures at all? I won't say I don't believe in them. They are... They are well-placed when they work. Okay. It's when they don't work that they can be challenging. So, for me, things are dynamic. They change all the time. And structure should suit us. Just like if you want to do something and you think about the way you've always done it, you're always going to do it like that. So, if you want to do it differently because you want a different response, you can't go via the structures you know. You've got to make up new ones. So, that's a little bit like me. Okay, well, that's, I think that's touching uh, the, the tip of the iceberg. I believe that there's a lot more to you. So um, I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, in one of the pieces I read on your website, you say that society demands love in a bottle to trade with for the wishes of uh, our expectations of success. And then you say something stops us and it's called the drama of life. Something bigger than me is happening. I can feel it. What do you mean by that? We only look at things differently when it touches us. We only listen to people when they speak to us if we think they really care. Unless you can feel something, it's not real. It's not real enough to challenge the way you've always done something. So are you saying that society as a whole don't feel? I'm not saying society doesn't feel. I think we like autopilot because we have a checklist. I got to do this. I leave the driveway in South Africa. You look around. So crime, you know, it's like you, 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 you put on your armor because now you're going to leave the driveway. Who's standing outside of you thinks that just you, it kind of automatically gets built in. So in order to really live, to really be alive, you need to feel, you need to notice the flowers, the stuff that's there today that wasn't there yesterday or maybe it was but you didn't notice it like the sun that comes up every morning some people notice it and some people don't so should i rephrase would you say then that society sometimes feels we, we're missing so much of it is that what when the drama of life happens when we go to a wedding or we go to a funeral or something happens which often an event often something which really challenges us it stops us it challenges the way we live so that we have to look at a different way to do it. And unfortunately, we don't like change. We like the little security. We like the box. Uh, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to quote you again uh, on something on your website. Uh, your website is fascinating, by the way. Um, you say, when words call into awareness the very core of unexpressed feelings, something happens, an aha moment changes everything. We are touched by life in a moment who we think we are changes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Okay, there's quite a lot in there. First of all, 
to bring into awareness that which is not expressed means, first of all, that there's something else happening below the surface other than that which we're aware of. And when you stop in your tracks and you look at it and you give it a little bit of air time, then what happens is that the very thing changes because it's like something that comes up from your subconscious and now you're aware of it. Now it puts you in a position where you're empowered. You can change it. When you're not aware of it because you're in your structure and you're doing your routine thing, you cannot change it. You just run on autopilot and that's normally where the stresses come from. So there's something very particular about expressing something which is not in your awareness. And often when you come from a place of love and you look at the very same thing, it changes just because you look at it. It's like presence. It's kind of like um, Nelson Mandela does it. Gandhi did it. A lot of the great um, people of our time that really made a difference did it. And sometimes they didn't have to say anything. They were just there. It's what? like the presence looking at something else like a witness or an observer kind of space. And, and that's what, I'm, what I mean in terms of awareness. So it's making aware that which we're not aware of. Okay. Yes. Now, now in, your, in your experience, if you go through life on a daily basis doing the same thing, the same pattern, yes. how do you actually stop to see and see the awareness? We don't. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't until the drama of life happens. That's when we stop. Drama of life meaning an event again, something that happens. Something that happens that challenges the way we do things. Something that says our autopilot is no longer working. The way we've always done it, the coping skill we've always had, it no longer works. So something happened that crashes, what goes on around us. And then we stop and we say, what now? Because that's the very thing. We have to ask the question. You've literally got to stop in your tracks and say, what now? That's the first first step of awareness when you go like and then the next level is where you become aware that you're actually not competent but you got to ask that internal question and until you do that you don't stop so that's what makes you stop so if people say that um you know people are so scared because they don't have this perfect life because something apparently bad has happened to them and it changes everything that's not really bad is it it, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's bad then that's not at all bad um not at all. And that's where, where gift and challenge is the same thing. Events happen. Life happen, happens. Things happen all the time. But it's how we look at it that makes the difference. It's our attitude. Okay. So, in other words, the, so if the so-called event or the drama happens, that's actually an amazing experience or time for you to learn something nice. It's an opportunity to make your structures work better for you so that the stress goes away. Adele, now I've got a question for you. There, there are all sorts of different experts in the different fields. You get psychiatrists, psychologists, um, life coaches, that sort of thing. What makes you different from everybody else? Thank you for asking that question. <laughs> the object is not to solve the problem, but to let the problem solve you. And that is a very challenging way to put it because we're all trying to solve a problem. But if you look at that as the solution, it challenges every way we think about it. The solution that'll take away the emptiness that doesn't come in the bottle, that you could just trade when you tire of it, is the inward question that'll boggle the mind. So it's asking those profound questions to know what they are, to recognize them, and to say it back to the person because they're already saying it. 
So they have the solution already. And that's a very different way to think about it. And then to touch someone with a spark of magic, just like the apple a day that keeps the doctor away. I always have this question. I'm interested to know when you are working with somebody, whether it's a, a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist or somebody like that. I mean, it's their profession. Now, the question to you is, do you really care about the people that you work with? Have you, is there sympathy? Is there empathy? Uh, you know, is your heart really there in that space? One of the things that has changed for me in the way that I approach people now is a question that somebody asked me a long time ago and they said, do you really love enough to give somebody the space for them to make the mistakes they need to make to learn from it? And that had a huge impact on the way that I work with people because I really have to put my heart in it. I really have to listen. I really have to not jump to conclusions and think that I have the answers. So people who come to you, are they, do they really want to heal, if you want to call it that? Are they receptive? Are they actually really opening up to you? Will you open your heart to me if you didn't really believe that I cared? No, no, I wouldn't. So what would you need to feel for me to have you open your heart? I, I need to really connect to, to my feelings. I need, really need to feel. So you'd need to really believe that I cared? Yes, I guess you. I guess I would say so. Yes. So, in order for me to have you open your heart and take you to a creative space, a different space to look at the same thing, you need to really feel. Yes. Okay. So, will you open your heart if you didn't really believe that I cared? No. Thank you. And I do care. You know it because you can feel it in the vibration of my words. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> so who am I that you have to listen to me? I'm you looking in the mirror. At you, I am the voice of awareness that cares about putting soul back into life and into business. Because that's where we spend most of our time after all. And I care about the state of humanity. But I'm not going to save you. That you have to do for yourself. So I say just enough. And then every time you come back, again and again, until you get it. But you go back thinking. Wow. Well, I, c I can tell you, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there thinking about what you just said right now. And what sort of a, what sort of a, what sort of a message have you got for the people listening out there now? Do not phone me <laughs> unless you prepare to think about it. Unless you have an issue big enough, important enough to learn something new about. Don't phone me if you phone to wine because you're a therapist. Dave, what's your problem? Hi, guys. Uh, one thing that's been uh, worrying me or, or concerns me um, in my life at the moment is just past relationships and the fact that I find it very tough to let go of particular you know instances where a relationship has ended or you know someone has has hurt you in the past and i find it difficult to let go of those emotions dave tell me what type of emotions exactly are you talking about the the finality of a relationship ending and and the actual letting go process of it 
I find difficult to come to terms with and actually heal from from something that has you know was once you know a strong relationship that is now just all of a sudden ended is it something that you feel happens to you uh, i don't think it happens to me specifically i think it happens to everyone but uh i think my coping mechanisms are um as a result have been have been tampered with being tampered with do you feel that it's something outside of you that you have no control over I I feel like I do have control over it. I just don't know how to get to the bottom of it. What type of control do you have about the endings of relationships? Not well, I mean the actual ending of the of the relationship is is a call that that every human being can make um th- through a decision and saying yes, I want to continue or no, I don't. But knowing how you're going to feel after that relationship is over is something out of your control because we are human and we we led by emotions and that sort of thing so i don't really i don't i don't have control over that over the emotional side of things so the question really is about the emotions uh, i guess so okay how would you define emotion emotions a, a feeling of either happiness or joy or sadness or something that lingers we basically get four emotions glad mad sad and scared which one of those four would you say it falls into i'd say scared scared okay scared is often an emotion that we feel when we see what we want we can't quite get it and then the obstacle between getting it and is just too big so it's something that you feel is outside of your control is that kind of how it feels it it it's that lack of con- that lack of control i think i think you you hitting the nail on the head there i think it's that you know you you no longer have the power to to Im- influence or affect the situation because it's no longer yours okay so if i come back to an earlier question that i had how much control do you feel you have in the ending of a relationship well i mean if if you look at it as if it was going to end anyway and i mean it wasn't meant to be then i guess you don't really have much control but the actual humanness of the the act of ending a relationship is 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 it with within our control is it within your control to end it or not it is it is in my control to end a relationship up until now these relationships that you're talking about is it something where you have felt that you've had control over the ending of it where you've instigated it yes Okay. And yet you still feel like there's an obstacle between you and almost like unresolved unresolved things that, you know, maybe were not seen through like in the within the relationship. Almost like fear of the unfinished business, you know, within the relationship. And now you no longer have contact with that person or that emotion. So you can't address it. What do you really believe about not having contact with the person to finish it? Almost like lo- almost loneliness, almost like an, an empty feeling of not being able to an unresolved emptiness. Here's a hard question for you. Do you feel that when you let go of a relationship, you're going to be lonely? No. Don't you? No. So it's true that you don't believe that when you let go of a relationship you're going to feel lonely. I think yeah I mean you are obviously going to experience a, an amount of loneliness once you know you've separated from that person 
but you don't you don't preempt the degree to which the emotions are going to influence the rest of your life. Okay. So you're accepting part of the loneliness. Yeah. But you don't know to which degree or depth it'll go to. Right. Okay. Is this common for most of the relationship endings that you're referring to? I, I would say there is a pattern there. Yeah, I'd say it is. And how would you describe the pattern in your words? Yeah, I don't know. It it starts and everything's, you know, hunky-dory and, and, and we're we getting on or whatever. And then it, and it ends... Because of because of negative thoughts creeping into my own my own my own head probably, and then um, I don't know. It might be a self worth. It might be something that you know. It's like I'm ending it for for reasons other than the actual relationship. So the thing I want you to think about is this: What is that thing that you already recognize before you even end the relationships? That once you've ended the relationships, it stays in the emotion. You, you never really know because I mean it's it's a pattern of thinking that could creep in you don't, you don't think about it at the time but are you in a relationship now I'm not okay when you're in a relationship next what if you go that one step further and you don't stop when you start getting the negative thoughts what if the thought that you remind yourself of is what you said earlier if it's going to end anyway it's going to end just leave it in the hands of of the universe yeah what would that change in your behavior? Well, it would, it would give me a bit of a tool, a bit of a coping mechanism to, to you know, be a, be a bit braver when it comes to relationships and, and try and, you know, experience the fullness of the relationship rather than, you know, prematurely mm. end it. Dave, can you remember earlier when I was talking and I said, let the problem solve you? Yes. If you go in a little bit deeper on this thing, when you're actually experiencing it in the moment... Remember, you're still going to feel that emotion, whatever it is that you feel scared of, afterwards, even when you end it. So you can't get away from it. <laughs> See what happens if you stay in that relationship a little bit longer. Well, it's, it sounds sounds like a daunting prospect, Adele, but um, yeah, I think um, you have cleared, cleared up a lot for me. So I really, I really appreciate speaking to you. Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks for calling. It was a brave thing to do. Awesome. Thanks.